Hello, podcast family. We're blessed by the Lord to see another day. Thank you for tuning in. So God gave me the correct title for our series. My apologies again for my laughter during my prayer yesterday, as I meant no disrespect to our divine creator or my listening demographic. I was trying to figure out while praying what preposition to use, in or through. However, I recognize that prayer is serious, but I also stand firm on my statement that God welcomes our laughter. It's a pure, innocent banter or brevity, as I stated yesterday. Have you ever heard the quote, brevity is the soul of wit? How many of you said yes? (laughs) Well, that quote simply means that what you're trying to convey in a witty statement, the very essence of it is defined in the concise wording and delivery. And it is to that end the series will be called Soloing Securely Through Psalms. Just as Psalm 23 verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley. Well, we're going through the Psalms and we're going to do it together. (laughs) I also received some influential advice from my beloved Texas pastor, Dr. Billy L. Bell Sr. You remember me mentioning him and his wife, Lady Sarah, in my preface, which further confirmed for me God's desire. Remember, we talked in our prayer series that sometimes God sends us people to supplement our affirmations. So here we go. Let me give you a little background right quick. The majority of the Psalms were penned by David, and they are, as I discussed yesterday, a compilation of songs or hymns. Remember now, David was a masterful musician. He quite often calmed King Saul down with his harp playing. So it's only befitting that the Psalms would have a musical flair. And the reader will see this when you see the word Selah, S-E-L-A-H, which is a directive to raise the voice or pause. Now, we don't read Selah when we're reading the Psalms, but it does tell us that it is a directive or instructive to raise or pause. But when we dive into them individually, they're not referred to as Psalms 1 or Psalms 23. They are singularly pronounced as Psalm 1, no S on the end. Not Psalms, but Psalm 1 or Psalm 23. Visualizing or singing, if you will, one song at a time. Think about it. Are you able to sing more than one song at a time? If you are, you are the bee's knees. I mean, bionic, because I can't do that. (laughs) I got to complete one lyrical ballad or chorus at a time before I jump to another. Unless you're singing in a round, and even in a round, you have to sing your part while the other person sings their part. You can't stop singing your part to sing theirs. Well, you could, but you still have to stop and sing that part. You can't sing them both at the same time. Have you seen the I Love Lucy episode where she's trying to do just that and she gets caught off guard singing another verse with another melody? She couldn't do it either. One part or one verse at a time. So when we refer to the Psalms as a collective, there's uh, plurality, excuse me. But when speaking about 
one or the other or one or another. It should be a singular acknowledgement. Plurality, singularly. And I hasten to say that because I'm cognizant that some Bibles have written above each chapter in plural terms, Psalms, when they're just reading Psalm. At the very top, you may see, I think the Schofield says Psalm. And then there are other translations that may say Psalms. So whenever you're reading them singularly, you want to say Psalm 1, Psalm 2. Okay, enough of that. I'll be reading from Psalm (laughs) 38, verse 5, from the NIV translation, which is the New International Version. My wounds fester and are loathsome because of my sinful folly. I was a sophomore in college in another city when I was bitten by a brown spider on my left pinky. At first, it didn't seem like a big deal. I mean, it was just a bite and not by a particularly dangerous spider. But as the days progressed, my pinky began to resemble signs of infection. However, I didn't know that at the time. And of course, squeezing my pinky ring over that bite didn't help matters much either. There was a health office on campus which allowed students to come in for treatment anywhere from the common cold, flu, muscle issues, etc. So the very morning that I tried to place my pinky ring back in its usual place was the same day that I knew I needed to see a doctor. I needed to make an appointment. My pinky screamed with infectious resistance. Actually, I was doing the screaming. Uh, it, it had now begun to burn, and the angry wound showed no pity whatsoever. Several days prior to my, uh, well, I won't say several, well, yeah, well, several days prior to, to the bite, well, when I first got bitten, I remember mentioning it to my mother. I called her up. We talked almost every day, if not every other. And I said, you know, I think I got bitten. I got a little, I got a little bite on the side of my pinky, just, you know, a little scratch. And I remember her saying, okay, please go get that checked out. You cannot purchase a new pinky from a thrift store anywhere. (laughs) And I ignored her, right? Because that's what we do as children, don't we? From time to time, we ignore our parents. I was in college now. Remember, I'm away from home. And that meant I didn't have to listen to her, huh? Right? (laughs) I didn't have to listen to her as intently as I had been during my academic years while living with her and, and my father, of course. Wrong. That was the wrong, wrong answer. She reminded me often. And even on that phone call, no matter how old I got, she'd always be older and wiser. So off I went to the health office and there I found that my simple bite now required whirlpool treatments and lancing of the infection. Within the bite was a core-like white in color. I don't want to truly make you sick to your stomach, but it was an infectious mass and Admittedly, I had tried to pick it out with sterile safety pins and needles. Well, in my mind, they were sterile. I know y'all are going, what is she? Well, Tori, are you for real? Yeah, I, yeah, I did that. 
um, straight up crazy. I know now in retrospect with the safety pins and the needles, but you know, I was, I thought I would, you know, I thought I was doing what, what I thought was okay. It turns out that it was folly, like the end of the verse. Um, I thought, uh, I could do this. This is genius. I'll be fine. But what I had managed to do was make the wound worse. And then I was forced to walk around campus with a fully inflated, what seemed like a sixth finger, wrapped like a tiny mummy, all the way around my hand, all the way around my wrist, and I was trying to carry my books to class. And then on top of that, I had to have scheduled every other day whirlpool treatments for the next two weeks. It's really a wonder I didn't lose my pinky altogether, but that's how sin is. If it's left unattended, we can allow something that we call a small sin to fester and become bigger and infectious, bigger than life itself. We give a listening ear to the enemy, Satan, who persuades us that we can handle anything without God's direction. The difference with God is there is no small or large sin. To him, sin is sin, no matter the size or shape. We convince ourselves that we can handle whatever it is and we have the temerity to tell the Lord when he warns us to let it go that we can control ourselves, that it won't go any further. That's hilarity. Our ignorance of informing an omniscient, omnipotent God that we can handle our sin on our own is nothing short of outrageous thinking. It's me and my pinky and needles and safety pins. This chapter's entirety speaks of King David's petition to God to restore him back into a rightful fellowship with him. David speaks of his grief, his mourning over his sinful nature, and is encouraged that sorrow for his sin will bring help. I'm sorry, sorrow for his sin will bring help, healing, and hope for those who confess their sins to God. So it's not just about David back in the day, it's also about us in this day. As you go through your day today and your week, if there's a sin that you've allowed to go unattended and untamed, do not allow it to fester in a larger entity of your life. Don't pick at it and hope that it'll get better. Take it to your spiritual doctor, God, and allow him to remove it and restore you. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for another new day to praise and honor your holy name. You allowed us to live in homes we didn't build and rest in beds we didn't design, drive cars that we didn't manufacture, and not because we did anything so magnificent and worthy of attention, but because of your grace and your mercy. You didn't give us what we deserved and held back what we did. Thank you, God, for forgiveness of sins. Thank you, God, that we found favor. Thank you for healing and restoration. Now be with us and bless us to continue on this journey with you till you call us from labor to reward. It's in your name I do thankfully pray with forgiveness of sins, joy, and love in my heart. Amen. Thank God and thank you for your favor is the prayer. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. 
the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.